What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Wondering how many mint juleps you're going to drink this weekend. Can I well, set a market on yeah, that? I was just going to say yes, before I say, I literally was going to say, Jay, can you set and a line for me? And Drew, so purely just both. the weekend. So let's make that Saturday, Sunday. Let's say twelve and a half each. We'll round up twenty-five and a half for the weekend. Ooh, boy, I'm going to take the under on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, although I did hear, you know, with 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 uh, the news that uh, Matthew Berry was going to be here, they have got extra reserves of Woodford uh, uh, reserve. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think under, though. They also brought more chicken. It, yeah, fantastic. I don't work tomorrow. I'm part of Saturday's coverage, but the Oaks, I'm here all day. So if we, if, we, if we include Friday <laughs> and the weekend, give me the over. Pound the over. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. We are back from the Kentucky Derby. Did the over hit, Matthew Berry? The over did hit. What I will tell you is is that I think what was missing in your calculation is that when you get to the Kentucky Derby, the way it works, which I did not realize, is that basically your ticket is sort of all-inclusive. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't actually have to pay for drinks. You know, like you just you sort of just walk up and order one. Sure. And so, <laughs> so hold on. Is that true huh? for everyone? Yeah, sure I, I believe so. It depends on the ticket, I would imagine. I be- yeah, yeah, yeah. Club if access. You, I'm going to take the under on this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I mean, like we you're were there on the broadcast. I think it's different for you. Maybe, but I mean, I wa- my wife and I, my wife and I were actually trying to that we were done with the broadcast. And we were, I was done with my, my part, and we, I had like about a half hour before the actual Kentucky Derby. I made my pick, Angel Empire, finished third. Only one of us had Mage, which is Dale Jr. Shout out to Dale, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. of the 18 of us that made a pick. But at least one of my guys finished third. Angel Empire, you know, at least showed. Uh, some people had picks that were like dead last, you know. Um, at any rate, uh, anyway, so I make my pick, and my wife and I are now trying to go to a plate where we're going to go watch the Derby, right, where, where our seats are. And so we're like just – we didn't want to go to the, the, quote, the club section that had the free drinks. And so we were just like on like the, the main level. And I'm just like, why don't we just – we'll just go grab a drink. And so I'm there and I order, order my drinks and order drinks for my wife. And I say, what, uh, what do I owe you? And the woman's like, it's, it's included. It's free. We just work for tips. So we gave him a nice tip and off we went. So I think – I'm pretty sure that that's it's included in the ticket. When you, I mean, the, the ticket to a, the, the Kentucky Derby ticket is not cheap. Okay. So I think they figure that into it. Yeah. 
Connor and I were connecting through Atlanta. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. We missed we this. Known, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we're at what was the, whatever the restaurant. Yeah, was we were watching Panthers hockey on our phone. Oh yeah, we were out. Yeah, mint juleping. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah like chicken it. and waffles. Yeah. Had a good time. This, I, I had. I, I, I had an, airport security uh, looked fun. I was. Oh yeah. Sunday was brutal. Sunday. I mean, I had an amazing time. It was Rare win first, for us. My, it was my first Kentucky Derby. I had an absolute blast. My wife had an absolute blast. It was one of those things that like we weren't sure what to expect. And now we're like, we're never missing this again. Like, we're coming back every year. Even if NBC is just like, no, we're good with, you know. We'll, send we'll, we'll Yeah, we're centers 100%. Um, it, was, uh, it was magical. Real, it's really, it's a, they do a great job there. It's just sort of a, you know, it's, it's an incredible spectacle. The races are exciting. The people watching is incredible. It really like, is. It's just, it just the atmosphere. And there is a, and this may sound surprising to some people, but, Coming from a curmudgeonly East Coast guy, I was so impressed with the Southern hospitality. Like, it is a real thing. And I could not, so many people were so, in, not just in the, you know, among the, um, but, you know, everyone that worked at the Derby, everyone that just, that I met could not have been more kind or gracious or welcoming and, uh, you know, and just out and about in the city of Louisville as well. So just an unbelievable time. It was great. I wish you guys had better agents and you didn't have to leave Thursday <laughs> night. So it's, it's right. a shame. Really it's funny because we have the same agent. That's what makes the joke really good. <laughs> this is actually true. Tough, Connor and I, tough Connor scene I for have, Josh. Connor, Connor, Connor and I do have the same agent. Shout out to Josh Lee. Makes the joke really good. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, I just I think it goes to show, you know, who, you know who who Josh Levy likes and who Josh. One hundred percent. The priority rankings are a little different. Oh uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, you know, Kay Adams was flitting about there. She was there. She's a Josh Levy client. 100%. 1,000%. Connor and I had a great time at the airport in Atlanta. Yeah, Plenty of food options. You get to take the air train to many terminals. I I think it's great to know. We we have other rankings coming up later in the show, but we'll do this at some point. We'll break down the Josh Levy power rankings and just where you are on the list. It's very easy because you can can slot me in towards the bottom. You can slot you towards the top and then fill out the middle. Yeah, fill out the middle. We have a similar exercise today. We are doing a Dynasty Superflex rookie draft. We were doing two rounds of that. Before we get there, though, ton of Roto World headlines to get through. Kind yeah. of a weird year in the NFL calendar as it is schedule release week, but a lot of transactional moves going on as well. But let's start elsewhere as ESPN's Elena Getzenberg believes, and this is something we talked about when he was drafted, yeah. she believes the Bills will use tight end Dalton Kincaid, their first-round pick, more like a wide receiver this season. As soon as he got drafted, I feel like the reaction from this desk was, well, this is their new slot receiver. Yeah, a thousand percent. Like, they're just reporting what we've already said. <laughs> yes. I mean, thank you. Like, kudos to us. Like, let's, no, little, like I'm patting myself us. on the back. Yes. No, but on all seriousness, we yeah. said this on draft night when we talked about it. We talked about this, Connor, that you felt like Dalton Kincaid had the best hands in yeah. the draft. That this was a guy. He's not a blocking tight end. Not at all. No. Right. right. So, um, we talked about his ability to, to catch the ball. No tight end had more receptions last year than Dalton Kincaid. Uh, and you think about the Buffalo Bills. Where, you know, I mean, they, they got the ghost of Cole Beasley off his couch last year because they were so desperate for, for slot production, right? I mean, they lost Jamison Crowder in the preseason. Last year, uh, only seven teams in the NFL had more targets to the slot than the Buffalo Bills. They were eighth in slot targets. And now 78 slot targets are available. As you see, uh, you see sort of the, uh, the names there on your screen. So I think Kincaid suddenly becomes really interesting because he qualifies a tight end. He's going to a high-octane offense that likes to pass to the slot. I, I think he's – I don't know that he's right there as a top 10, but, like, if, you're, if you draft a second tight end, like, all of a sudden he becomes really interesting and he sort of vaults the top of, of uh, tight end 
premium dynasty leagues. Yeah, and I think as well that they just need to diversify their offense outside of Stefan Diggs too. I think we saw last season, particularly in the games against me and Connor's Jets, when Sauce Gardner was on Stefan Diggs and Diggs just got taken out, particularly in the second game. They just didn't really have anything else to do because Gabe Davis was banged up and so now they, they get another option and, yeah, he should be used if he's good enough. Right. You think about Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs, especially a healthy Gabe Davis. Remember, we talked about the fact that he had that high ankle sprain for much of last year that limited his production. So another year of Gabe Davis, now hopefully fully healthy. Stefan Diggs on the outside. you got Shakir in the, uh, in the slot as well. James Cook should have a bigger role. He's a nice pass-catching running back. And Dalton Kincaid. And all of a sudden, hey, what do you know? The Bills offense is going to be pretty good. Yeah. And Hashtag analysis. Josh Allen allegedly not going to run as much. Like, we'll see if that happens. But no, if I don't, that, that I don't believe. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. That, that I don't believe. When it hits the fan, Josh Allen's going to run. Yeah. One more transactional move here for the Bills. They signed Latavius Murray to a one-year contract. This backfield's suddenly very crowded. You have James Cook, who was a second-round pick two years ago. They also signed Damian Harris much earlier in the offseason. They traded for Naheem Hines last year. Now they signed Latavius Murray. Too many guys. It's a lot of guys, but this feels it, like the depth move that probably concerns you the least, I would it, think. It, it's a depth move. To me, it's more of a concern for Damian Harris. Uh, I don't know that both those guys make this team. I, just, I can't see Damian Harris and Latavius Murray playing special teams. You've got James Cook, and I feel like contractually, they're sort of stuck with Hines. Like, I mean, I feel like he's, he, he really makes more money than you think he does. Like, I remember we showed a graphic earlier, and it was yeah, like, like, like a top a, 10 like, paid running Right, back. like he's, he's making like $6 million a year, and I just don't know if they can get out of that. And so, uh, and he I does don't, play special teams. Right, huh? So that helps too. Right. Ryan's play special teams, why the rest of the guys don't. So one of the, right, so it just feels like with those four guys, like one of them is likely not making the team, maybe? I mean, we'll see if this is depth, but again, feels like forgetting everything else, just from a pure talent standpoint, James Cook is a step above all these guys. Like, I don't think it's particularly close. And so it does mean that maybe there's less touchdown equity for Cook because whether Harris or Murray are both really good around the goal line. But uh, so it's more of a concern to me about James Cook's fantasy value than it is suddenly Latavius Murray is interesting. Yeah, and I think with the Buffalo backfield, like all you want from a fantasy perspective is clarity for James Cook. That's the only thing that matters because you're not going to, you're not going to get excited about Damian Harris or if Latavius Murray has a good game or Naeem Hines has a big game catching the ball. Like, all you want is a clear lane for James Cook to the maximum usage, and this just clogs that further. If, if he can get Devin Singletary's role from last year down the stretch where they use yep. Singletary significantly, then it becomes interesting. So I mean, this is a story to watch, but I think this is actually, of all the potential landing spots for Murray, I actually think this is the worst because sure. it is so crowded. Another interesting running back room in the AFC. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said Travion Williams could have a role in the team's backfield. When you look at this one, a little different from the Bills, we know there's Joe Mixon at the top. Everybody's looking at June 1st because after June 1st, they can save a lot of money on Joe Mixon's deal if they want to move on from him. After that, they drafted Chase Brown this year, really good athlete out of Illinois. Travion Williams, who obviously Zach Taylor is apparently high on, and Chris Evans here to round out this group where – with Samaji P. Ryan out the door here, Jay, there might be some opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, Travion Williams clearly has talent and just the opportunity just for touchdowns. And this is such a, I mean, the Bengals have the ultimate, like, three-point shooting offense with a space floor for you to drive, basically. And so there's going to be huge uh, equity and potential for any running back who seizes the role. And it just, it just doesn't seem like Joe Mixon's going to be there. I felt the same way. A lot of their quotes have been very odd about him in the offseason. He's on yeah. the team situation when you look at when the money can be freed up. So we'll wait and see on that one, but undoubtedly, whether it's Chase Brown or Travion Williams, somebody behind him is going to be able to carve out a role. Yep. 
Yeah, look, and this is a guy that I liked quite a bit coming out of uh, coming out of Texas A&M. One of your Aggies. You know, one, one of my one of my Aggies as well. It's interesting because I remember being at the at the combine a couple of years ago, and because he's a, I have Trayvon Williams in one of my dynasty leagues, and so and because he's a Texas A&M guy, I was just like, hey, what do you think about Trayvon Williams? I was talking to the Bengals running back coach at the time. He's no longer on the team. The the coaches. He's moved on, and he said we love. Trayvon Williams. This kid is so good in practice. And for whatever reason, maybe it's because he got beat out by Samaj P. Ryan and then they, you know, they drafted Evans and like just for whatever reason, Trayvon Williams has not been able to sort of crack the lineup, which is a little concerning because Zach Taylor's been there the whole time and now he's talking him up and he's like, well, yeah, I've had the dude for like three or four years. Having said that, sure, there's, a, there's an easy scenario to see a significant amount of playing time for Trayvon Williams. Now, if they let go of Joe Mixon, do they go in and sign a veteran? You know, Ezekiel Elliott is still out there. Leonard Fournette is still out there. But the fact of the matter is, is there is, one, to your point, in fantasy, we hope for clarity. We look for, you know, fantasy success comes from opportunity and talent. I still believe Travian Williams has talent, and the Bengals are saying all the right things in the offseason. So is there opportunity? And given the June 1st potential cap casualty of Joe Mixon, there is a path to playing time. And even if Mixon comes back, that Samaj P. Ryan role is still available. I mean, it's it's kind of maybe we haven't talked about it enough. Like it's one of the most random situations in the NFL from a fantasy perspective, and that the Bengals running back, Bengals might have the best offense in football. Like that's that's uh, yeah. on the cards, and they don't really have a running back necessarily at the moment. Like it's Joe Mixon by default, but Trayvon Williams could just slide in there, or just a random guy could slide in there and be a top ten running back next year. Another A&M running back in the news, Devon A. Chain, taken by the Miami Dolphins. ESPN's Marcel Luis Jacks wrote that Mike McDaniel lobbied heavily. That doesn't surprise anybody. What does Mike McDaniel want for his offense? Speed. What did A-Chain bring in this draft at the position? Some of the best speed at the running back spot. So for Miami, it's going to be interesting. Raheem Mostert's back, Jeff Wilson's back, but when those guys get hurt, or even if they don't, it feels like they'll scheme up some touches for A-Chain. I love this landing spot for him dynasty-wise, and I think he's a great late-round flyer in redraft leagues this year. He's going to be third in the depth chart between on, a, you know, on what should still be a pass-first offense but behind Mostert and Wilson. But to your point, both those guys have had significant injury issues over the last couple of years, and so the fact that McDaniel lobbied hard for A-Chain, he's a great fit for Miami. We talked about this draft night. I was thrilled with this landing spot for him. He's a kid that I root for, again, as a Texas A&M Aggie fan, as a guy that grew up in College Station. I like my Aggies, Gigum And A-Chain, I've watched a lot of his film over the years, and, like, kid can play. Yeah, and you know who else has got injury concerns is Tua Tagovailoa. So I wonder if they're going to run the ball a bit more this coming season, particularly now they've got three weapons. Like, Jeff Wilson was really good when he got there, and Raheem Mostert had some incredible games. Think back to the late-season game against Buffalo in particular. Yeah. He's just running all over them. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the, friend of the show. Uh, and so A-Chain is certainly going to have a role. Like, what's his ceiling this season, Connor? Can he... Can he be really fantasy relevant if he gets the opportunity? I think he can because he can hit the big play. That's okay. the big thing with A-Chain. And if McDaniel's offense finds ways to get quick touches to the speed guys. And if you could do that with A-Chain, they used him, honestly, in college, as you know, in between the tackles a lot for a smaller running back. Maybe in the Miami offense, there's a little bit more open opportunities for him on screens, swing passes. So, listen, when those guys get banged up, yeah, he's extremely relevant right away because of that big play element. And you bring up your point, Jay, about them running the ball a little bit more. Mike McDaniel really made his roots on being the run game coordinator under Kyle Shanahan yep. for the Niners. So 
It's a very, be... very Shanahan thing to do, take a running back in the third round like this. I mean, what, who, who's his comp? Who's he most like in the league, would you say, A-Chain? I had a throwback comp on him, Javid Best, who had uh-huh. a had a career-ending like injury situation. But when he played, he was explosive. Was I thought explosive. he was the same exact player, similar size, similar skill set. So a little bit of a throwback with A-Chain. Cool. Like yeah. it. All right, another one here, guys, Uh, looking at the Bears, the Athletics. Adam Johns believes the Bears don't want a bell cow running back in the offense this season. Obviously, another crowded situation. They drafted Roshan Johnson this year, which a lot of people are very high on. They signed Deontay Foreman. They have Khalil Herbert back again. Travis Homer is a part of this backfield. And here's the thing, Barry. We know how much Justin Fields commands uh, touches in the running game as well. They don't want a bell cow running back, but the situation may be solved for them. The fact of the matter is, is that they may have to pick one. And they're going to be pretty run-heavy. Like, again, they added DJ Moore, which is great. But this should still be a run-heavy team. This should still be, it's Chicago, it's cold weather, it's like all the cliches, right? I mean, yeah. you know, they obviously they improved the offensive line, which is big. And because of Fields' athleticism and his ability to run, that opens up things for the rest of the run game because you always have to keep a linebacker to spy on Fields. Otherwise, he's going to kill you. So, um I do think there's a scenario where, and again, there's four solid running backs there, but I do feel like there'll be some value from Foreman and Herbert. You know what I mean? Like, and if one of those guys kind of pops, like they're not going to keep them off the field. They're not going to be like, hey, sorry, I know Khalil Herbert, I know you're doing awesome, but too bad we've got to get some touches for, for Foreman or Rashawn Johnson. They're, just, they're not going to do that. They're going to play the best players. Yeah. I read this as good news for Roshan Johnson. The I, fact I that, that there's no one established between Foreman and Herbert. They're not getting behind, oh, Herbert's going to be the guy this year like we thought he might have been last season. I mean, Roshan Johnson, Connor, is he someone who could step in and, you know, be a 240 carry guy this season? Easily. I mean, this is Bijan Robinson's backup. Any other program in the country, he's the starter. He has talent. Here's the thing with Roshan Johnson. He comes in ready in pass pro, so coaches will yeah, trust yeah. to get him on the field. Good he's got soft hands. Too. He's tough downhill runner. Uh, I think they get into camp and look at him and go, maybe this guy's our best running back right now it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and to enhance your point Barry about them being a run team they took a run blocking heavy right tackle with the 10th overall pick in the draft yeah that guy's a mauler and and the fact is is that all these guys I think Foreman Herbert and Johnson are all viable late round flyers right especially if you're doing best ball drafts right now like they're all viable late-round flyers here. We've seen all these guys. We've seen Foreman have a lot of success. We've seen Herbert, when he got the run, when Montgomery was out. We've seen him have a lot of success in the NFL. And obviously, expectations are high for Johnson uh, in this role. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that we'll wait to see. I do feel like at some point somebody will emerge. Yep. There's, there's three good guys there. Roshan Johnson, 35-1, to 1, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Wouldn't probably bet that now, but something to pay attention to out of camp if he kind of emerges as the guy. I mean, at those odds, those are Hail Mary odds, and he's somebody that truly has the build to be a But I agree with you. There, there's a, he's got talented running backs before him, but there's no one that they've sort of planted their flag in. And, and so I think it will be sort of you know, best guy, and we'll see if it's, if it's a bit of a committee. But I do think Chicago's going to be run-heavy enough and a good enough offense that there will be some flex value in multiple running backs with the Bears. More rookie news here. Our very own Peter King believes a slow start by the Titans could result in Will Levis starting for the team by November. Ryan Tannehill on an expiring contract. Obviously, Ryan Tannehill dealt with the ankle last year. But I'll say this. One, I don't think Will Levis is even close to being ready to play. Two, Ryan Tannehill's not bad when healthy. 
I don't, I don't understand why people don't like Ryan Tannehill. I don't get it either. Ryan Tannehill is like the 15th best quarterback in the league. Or and like sometimes he's better, fine. honestly. He, right. he took them to a one seed when Derrick Henry missed half the season. Like, Ryan Tannehill is good. I, and, I just don't understand way, why they don't like other him. than A.J. Brown, name one viable wide receiver he's ever had. Yeah. I mean, other than A.J. Brown. Like, he's he's just been yeah. out there with a bunch of, like, also Rands. Russell and so, Westbrook, Kano. Right. I mean, right. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Speaks volumes. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously. The ghost of Robert Wood last year. I mean, they just... So, yeah, I don't get that. I look, Peter. You know, Peter's as plugged in as any person in the NFL that's been covering. So I don't doubt that there is there's some truth to this. Like there's some smoke to that fire. But it does seem like that would be a total. It would have to be a complete catastrophe. And when you think about the AFC South, like we think the Colts will be better. We're expecting good things out of the Jaguars. But it's not. There's not a team where you feel like, well, they're running away with that division. No. Yeah, you know, the Titans play good enough defense, and they run the ball well enough that they're going to be in most. And Mike Vrabel's a good enough coach. It's hard to see a scenario where it's November and they're you know they're two and seven. It's yeah. just hard to see that scenario. I think they've pretty clearly got the best defense in the division and the second best quarterback in the division. Uh, when you think you're not going to expect much out of Indy and Houston quarterbacks this season, so also is like Malik Willis. Does he exist still? Is it just a complete write-off? Like why is he still? To on them, the it team? feels like he doesn't. Yes. I mean, honestly, like, that, to me, that's much more of, like, dirt on the water of Malik Willis. Yeah. Or dirt on the grave, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> water on the, the water, water on the flower. I don't know. I, I mix oh, metaphors. I had 26 of them. It, the over did hit, Jan. The over did hit. Whatever. So it just free, feels like something. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the fact is, is that it just, um, with Malik Willis, it do- understand that it's a new regime, right? It's a brand new general manager, and it does feel like them trading up into the second round to go get Will Levis is kind of like a way for them to say, like, we're waving the white flag on Malik Willis. We just don't think he's ever going to get there. To me, that's what this report is, is that it's not like, hey, if things are going south and we have to totally tear it down and rebuild, we're gonna, it'll, it'll be Willis or Levis. The report is it's going to be Levis. What, what's your rate on Malik Willis? Did you like him coming out of the draft? Did you, what did you see from him last season? I didn't think he was a first-round caliber quarterback, but I liked enough tools where you take him and develop him. I think for the Titans, there's a situation where he could have been thrusted into playing and he's not ready to play. Yeah. And he's a smaller quarterback that was an older prospect, but electric runner with a big arm, and you see what happens with guys like that. And for the Titans... They don't really seem interested in seeing what happens with a guy like that. I mean, it is worth noting that, like, they didn't beat the Jaguars to make the playoffs. And they decided to sign Josh Jobs, who they signed off a practice squad three weeks earlier to start that game than Malik Willis, who'd been in camp the entire, who'd been in camp and been in the, you know, in the, in the, in the building the entire year. Listen. Malik Willis did a great job handing the ball off to Derrick Henry against the Texans for 220 yards. Great job. This is factually correct. ESPN's David Newton writes, The goal is to get Miles Sanders back to where he was as a rookie in 2019 when he caught 50 passes. Barry, obviously a lot of opportunity for Miles Sanders now on the Panthers. This feels a little lofty, no? He's had under 30 receptions and under 200 receiving yards each of the past three seasons. He ranked last. This is incredible, guys. Last year, Miles Sanders ranked last among running backs in yards per reception and yards per target among running backs with at least 25 targets. Like, there wasn't one running back worse than Sanders in those categories (laughs) in the NFL. Um, And, by the way, the other weird thing here is is that, like, Chuba Hubbard's a nice pass-catching running back. Now, and so he's a nice pass-catching running back. Now, I get it because Carolina, like, they're sitting there like, well, if he doesn't throw the running back, who's he thrown to? You know, Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, like Jonathan Mingo. Like, there's not, you know, it's, 
It's not like a lot of guys that are going to command targets for the Panthers, but it just feels like you didn't draft Bryce Young to dump it off to the running back. This one, this one feels like offseason, like sort of, you know, like on my old show we used to do sort of like a, you know, news or noise. Yeah. Um, and this feels like noise. Yeah. I'm already excited for your tweets, Matthew, about Raheem Blackshear vulturing touchdowns yeah, from Miles Sanders because you know that's coming. I throw my mint <laughs> julep against the wall. Very upset. This next one might be the Super Bowl of noise. Uh, Matt Mayoko, obviously here at NBC, <laughs> believes Sam Darnold might be the most talented thrower in 49ers history. Now, I'm from Australia, but – didn't uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young play for the 49ers? They did. Like, they did they, they absolutely did. Yeah. They did. And here's my question. I need, I need a ruling here. I'm, and I'm just I'm going to get, you know, Alexa, if you're watching, Alexa, our producer, our boss. Alexa, how – Matt Mayoka is, uh, is an NBC colleague. Yeah, covers the Niners a while. He wide. covers the Niners. He's done it for a long time. He's well-respected. And, he's again, he's our colleague here at NBC. How, how mean can I be here? I just need a ruling on this one because this is like – at my old place. So I used to be at ESPN. Uh, I don't know if anyone's aware of that. I never bring it up. Uh, but like, News or noise? No. No, in all seriousness. Noise. In all seriousness, like at my, at my old stomping grounds at ESPN, there were definitely there were people that work at ESPN whose entire job was to try to create headlines. I'm going to say something crazy and outrageous so that people are talking about us, talking about the show, talking about the, you know, saying so-and-so said this bat, batshit crazy thing. And just go ahead and bleep that. But whatever. It's a batshit crazy statement to say that. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, again, Joe Montana. Like, I'm not convinced Sam Darnold's a better thrower than Jeff Garcia. Like, he probably is. <laughs> right? But, like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, yep. To be fair to Matt, who does a fantastic job. Uh, covering the team. Yes. But I, it, Joe Montana. Thrower, thrower is not the same as quarterback, obviously. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Kaepernick had a big arm. Kaepernick had a huge arm. Yeah. I mean, like, and honestly, like... By the way, and like, if you want to say, like, it depends on how you're, I guess, how you're defining thrower. Right. You know what I mean? No. Like, Alex Smith is as accurate as pretty much anyone that's ever played the game, right? I mean, like, Alex Smith didn't have a huge arm, but he was super accurate. And to your point, yes, it is not about playing quarterback. And Joe Montana had intangibles or whatever. And yeah, maybe, maybe Darnold throws a prettier ball than Joe Montana. I don't know. Like, it's been a while since I've, I'm going to have to now go on <laughs> go YouTube. And like, I'm going to have to go crunch the tape here. <laughs> but Steve Young, like, I mean, Boy, oh boy. I mean, Darnold, he was well, he's the third pick in the draft for a reason, I guess. I mean, he did have that arm talent as a thrower. Just hasn't... The, it's everything else. I mean, it's not a commentary on him um, saying ghosts or not. The ghosts don't infect the throwing no, potential. No, like, there, there's obviously a level of physical skill with Sam Darnold. Mm. He was drafted very high, and no one was like, really, that guy? Like, he was expected to be one of the guys drafted. This, But to say the best thrower in 49er history... Um, the most talented, sorry, the most talented thrower. Not the best, the most talented. Yeah, that's, that's a key also, distinction. That's a, yeah, right. That, <laughs> I mean, to be on. fair to Matt May- Mayoko, there's a lot of ways to just, like. Yeah, I stand with Matt Mayoko. To. And Sam Donald. To break down this quote. Hey. You're also crazy. <laughs> I, wait, so I have, I have two people I work with that are batshit crazy. Matt Mayoko and Jay Croucher. Yeah, yeah. Like, big, big I'm fan. sorry. Like, I just, <sighs> this one feels to me. Like, it is literally a, a hot take, like, in all capital letters of, like, I'm trying to generate headlines and, you know, buzz or, and news uh, publicity in the offseason. And it's just weird because as somebody who has followed Matt's work for a long time, and he does a great job covering the team, um, 
this does not feel in character for him. I would say that it kind of speaks to the idea that we, there might be a fair bit of Sam Donald this season. Because Sam Donald had a really good finish to the season in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He comes in, he's the most experienced quarterback on that roster. Shanahan clearly just wants someone to just make the basic throws, not do the Trey Lancey stuff. Donald might be able to do that, uh, just like Brock Purdy can. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, Sam Donald, I think he's going to be kind of front of mind. There is a non-zero chance that Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback of the 49ers in week one and never gives that job up. 100%. Again, I mean, like, again, he won six games in the regular season with Brock Purdy, with Mr. Irrelevant, right? He went to the NFC Championship game with Jimmy Garoppolo multiple times. Like, I mean, he's, like, he's made something out of nothing. You know, the best year of Matt Ryan's career by far was under Kyle Shanahan. Like, he has done whatever level of talent you give him, he elevates that talent. And so... You could see maybe maybe Kyle Shanahan unlocks everything that there were all the reasons that Sam Darnold was a top three pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I look forward to Kyle Shanahan going sixteen and one with Sam Darnold, then losing Coach of the Year because Frank Reich goes ten and seven and wins the division in Carolina. Yeah, Probably exactly. That's definitely coming. With yeah, Bryce Young, look forward yeah. to it. We'll um, close out. Oh yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say one last thing. It's it's not super fantasy relevant here, Connor. But I just wanted to bring it up because it's just it's yeah, a it's no, a it's going. a uh, it's a great story here. Jeremy Fowler, speaking of my old place, uh, my former colleague and friend, uh, he is currently a friend. I, I realize I said that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that makes it sound like Jeremy Fowler and I are on the outs. Yeah, no, no. From Jeremy. Jeremy Fowler is a current friend and a former colleague, and he tweets this out: "Quite the comeback in the works. Tight end Foster Moreau and the Saints have agreed to terms on a three-year, twelve million dollar deal, including eight million guaranteed, three million incentives." Agent JL Sports 3 told ESPN Moreau a positive diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma recovery. He plans to play in 2023. Phenomenal. Maybe uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. I don't know if there's a massive fantasy impact, kind of like Jawan Johnson as a sleeper at the tight end position. Moreau there complicates that, but whatever. Great to see him back on the field in 2023. That's an awesome yep. story. So Very congrats good. to uh, Moreau, and uh, we look forward to seeing him out there. Definitely. All right, IndyCar Series 2023, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. IndyCar's most exciting month of racing starts with the Indy Grand Prix, Saturday at 3 Eastern Time on NBC and Peacock. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. 
with innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. By the way, that's right. Look at the milk. There it is. You don't often see milk in a bar, but you know what? We're company men. I, I mean, I've heard some I thought you were a white Russian kind of operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, we can do a white Russian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have two uh, of them. Little rounders. The, the tummy little rounders. Um, are, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. You don't yeah. have like a night. Once I had a night of just, I'm just going to drink white Russians that's all night. Not I have like 12 white Russians. That's not going to be. A hostel uh, like in Vietnam. It, it wasn't great. Um, <laughs> why am I, white why Russians am I blanking out? It's at a hostel in Vietnam. It's on the train. Why am I? What, what's why am I? Uh, oh, Big Lebowski. Yeah. I was like, "What's the?" I, yeah, yeah. I've become the Big LeBerry. Just call <laughs> me the dude. Uh, yeah, the dude does abide. This, um, I will say that. Uh, yeah, maybe next week I'll drink some milk. Chug. Uh, <laughs> I'll chug. That's, I've just heard rumors. The milkman. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> the milkman. Yes, the milkman, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Similar uh, to the mailman. That's bad. All right. Uh, what are we doing now, Connor? Get we got a. <laughs> Steer, steer back yeah. on the highway. We have a Dynasty Superflex rookie draft, and we're obviously going to start with round one. Us three are alternating picks here. This is going to be uh, this is a lot of fun because this is a good way to break down Hopefully. the value of the rookie class. Hopefully, a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. But <laughs> for for clarity, for didn't clarity, see, this is. Jay, did it seem like Connor? Did it, Connor felt like it was uh, just saying that. Didn't, fun. Didn't really feel like it was a lot of fun. We're going to take the under on fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> under point five fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, after that. So you know what I did at the Kentucky Derby, I, I interviewed the uh, last year's Indy 500 winner. Oh, really? Yeah, Marcus Erickson. Yeah. What did you ask? Uh, you ask him about milk? I did not ask him about milk. I asked him about, uh, asked him, you know, about his Derby experiences. I asked him who he liked in the Derby. I also asked him, I thought this was a good question, uh, like, because the Indy 500 is a race unlike any other, uh, and he won that one. Mm. And the Kentucky Derby is a horse race like any other. Like, what advice would he give to the jockeys in terms of racing in this race versus all the other races they've done in their lives? And so he gave a very thoughtful answer there. Oh, so that's what I, that's what I, I thought that was a good answer. I thought yeah. that was a good question. Yeah. You just said good luck. That's, that's it. <laughs> what? You just said he gave a thoughtful answer, and that was it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, I had like a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, this is not 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, they're already moving on. I sit down at the Kentucky yeah, Derby. Yeah, it wasn't exactly like, yeah, I'm not suddenly Roy Firestone at the uh, at the Kentucky Derby. Like, hey. Very stunned. Yeah, exactly. Let me, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, whatever. All right, so, should I make the first pick? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Dynasty Superflex rookie draft. For those that don't play in a Dynasty Superflex, it's two quarterbacks, so the value on quarterbacks is at a well, premium. No, no, hang on for a second. Oh, boy. You're, 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 let me explain this. Yes. Explain, All right. You know, yeah. right. Milkman yeah. has the floor. Because saying a superflex is two quarterbacks is not enough. Well, by the way, because it's not. A superflex means you have the ability to play two quarterbacks. A superflex mm-hmm. league is, in essence, you're playing a quarterback, two running backs, two or three wide receivers, a tight end, and then usually like four flexes, one of whom can be a quarterback. So, again, that's usually how a super flex works. The ideal scenario is that you're starting two quarterbacks, yes. but it's right. Is you're that you big want trouble to, if you're not. Right. But, but my point is, it's not. There is a, a two quarterback league is, is technically different than a super flex league. We are also, by the way, you know, dynasty leagues, if you're not in one, please join one. Yeah, it's the best. It is awesome. Yep. And they are amazing. Um, really, really fun. But what I will tell you is that every dynasty league is different. So what we've chosen for this exercise is a super flex using PPR scoring and just rookies. Now, again, as we sort of go through this and we talk about this, the idea is is that, like, I'm a big believer in because it's dynasty, 
I'm less worried about team role and more about just the talent of the player. Again, we saw it with Brees Hall last year. We saw it with Ken Walker. People were concerned about the landing spot, and obviously both ended up fine until Hall got injured. But um, uh, but it is worth noting that, uh, you know, so we're, we're doing this based on ours, but your rules might be different and everything like that. And so um, I, I prefer to... Uh, in this particular case, like if you're in a league where you have to play four wide receivers, team need, you're, meaning your fantasy team need, might take precedence over quote-unquote talent. Sure. Jay, you had the number one pick. And listen, there hasn't been much of a debate around this in any dynasty Don't screw this up. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Bijan Robinson uh, with the first pick. This wasn't difficult. I think the big question is in redraft, does Bijan maybe go one, two in redraft? Honestly. I don't think he goes that high, and I think it's Bijan. I don't think it's Bijan. <laughs> Bijan. You like, yeah. you know, well, like, the French uh, pronunciation. No, so the pronounce Provence. the R in Robinson. Yeah. Right. That's another conversation <laughs> for another day. I, I think with you Bijan. Know, what's, what's, ama- what's amazing is, you what know, is most people that come from another country yeah. do butcher the English language, <laughs> but you're Australian. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're coming over from France or Italy or something like that. It, it, in essence, you have the same language as us. Yeah. My wife... Uh, who's not Australian, she's from Sweden, she was making fun of me last night at dinner ordering the uh, Sangiovese, um, which uh, apparently is not how you say that one either. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Sangiovese. Uh, anyway, Bijan Robinson. Um, I just think Tyler Algier had, what, 1,100 rushing yards last year behind an amazing uh, run-blocking offensive line, a coach with a religious commitment to running the ball Obsession. in a bad division where Bijan, I think, is just going to get just an incredible amount of usage. He's got the talent, what, Past 20 years, three best running back prospects, Adrian Peterson, Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson. I would say so, and I think so, Bijan might even be better than Saquon. Yeah, exactly. So, And the other thing, too, I've had a bet on uh, Bijan Robinson to win Offensive Player of the Year. Not rookie, Offensive Player of the Year at 60-1. to 1. Wow. I just think that this guy could win the rushing title, could have 2,000 yards from scrimmage on a team that could win the division just because it's a bad division. So, yeah, Bijan was number one, not difficult for me. And the other thing that I think will get talked about with Bijan Robinson as we get closer, but hasn't been talked about really right now, is the fact that he's so versatile in the passing game. Like, there's a yeah. scenario where it's not just like, oh, this guy's really good and he's going to get 25 carries a game. Like, they could, and I think they will, use him the way that they used Cordero Patterson the last few years, especially two years ago when Patterson was kind of a fantasy superstar. He's, he's running long. I mean, he's, he's running fly routes. You yeah. know, he's running slot passes. They're also giving it to him at the goal line. I mean, like, he's basically Cordero Patterson, just younger and better and faster and yeah. more versatile. I mean, like, so... Uh, I think, you know, B. John Robinson uh, should be very special. No issue with the pick there. There hasn't been a lot of debate at number one, but there has been some debate I will say I am in a dynasty rookie draft at the moment, um, and the person who had pick one is a well-known fantasy analyst, uh, Took uh, did not take Bijan Robinson one. Took Anthony Richardson. Took Anthony I've heard Richardson. A little bit of this. Yeah, yeah. took Anthony Richardson, who's I'm going to take. I'm going to take here at pick two again. I just think dynasty quarterbacks are so important. In dynasty, you're thinking about not just this year, but you're thinking about you know the future. There's a wide range of outcomes for Anthony Richardson. Probably a wider range of outcomes than there are for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. But for me, the ceiling is what's important here. Richardson has a scenario where he's the best player in fantasy in three years. Like, I mean, that's within the range of outcomes. And so I think that upside is worth it. I like the fact that he's going to the Colts with a good – like, he's not going to a team that has to completely rebuild. There's pieces around him already. So it's just a matter of getting him up to NFL speed. So give me Anthony Richardson at two. Was that drafter you were talking about very quarterback desperate, or they just loved the player? Uh, 
That the they both they were okay. quarterback. I think both quarterback player. I haven't talked to the particular person about why they drafted B, uh, Anthony Richardson over Bijan Robinson. They were quarter. They're definitely quarterback desperate. Um, but at the time, not as at the time they had they had uh, they had Herbert and Carr. So not like crazy, no. not crazy quarterback desperate. They ended up trading Herbert later, but um, uh, but yeah, I mean it was a it was a team that was drafting first for a reason. So they had needs all over the place. If I was in charge of that team, I'd have drafted B. John Robinson. So number three, I took Bryce Young, premium on quarterback here. I look at Bryce Young and think, listen, they don't have the weapons yet for him to have this kind of production, but Joe Burrow is what you hope he can be from a production standpoint. He's not going to run a lot. He's an excellent thrower. He's very accurate. He's a highly efficient player. He can extend plays. It doesn't mean he's a runner, but he can scramble and extend plays. Carolina doesn't have the passing weapons yet for him to explode, but this is a pick where you think in year three he could be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. So I was pretty content with Bryce Young at three. Yep. I think in a super flex league, you're going quarterback heavy in rookies, especially with guys like, you know, with Young. Stroud should come off the board here fairly soon. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously Richardson as well. Um, the only thing I'll just say here, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on no. Bryce Young. Sorry, I was just going to say is let's like as we continue the draft, the, the premise is here is not that we're doing a three-man draft. Like, in essence, it's Jay's pick now, and you're going to be drafting the first pick for Team 4, sure. not the second pick for Team 1. Yep. And so, given that, uh, I did think about CJ Stroud at four because of the premium on quarterbacks and Superflex. So I went Jameer Gibbs. And the reason why is just that I think, I mean, you can speak to this better than I can, Connor, but in terms of pass catching running backs it's entering PPR. the draft, I mean, he's, he could be Christian McCaffrey. And there's not yes. many people that you can say that about. So, this particularly think as well with the team fit. I think with running backs, it's more important as well for Dynasty to focus on more the immediate because you just don't know where these guys, what these guys are going to be in four or five years because uh, just projecting out that far with running backs is fraught with peril. So he goes to an amazing situation. Clearly, they believe in him. If you saw the reaction in the draft room from Dan Campbell, they move on DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery's presence is kind of annoying, but at the same time, Gibbs' talent, I think, is such that he's going to be a weapon from day one. Yeah, it's a PPR league, and I think his usage will be the same as Alvin Kamara's within two years. So I've, no. I think this is a great pick. I mean, Swift finished as a top 15 fantasy running back and had at least 45 receptions each of the last three years despite missing time, despite not playing a ton of snaps. And so uh, the role is amazing there. It also depends on sort of, again, as we talked about team need. Like, we're doing a rookie draft, but we're not – we haven't determined as is this a startup rookie draft yeah. or is this just like, you know – a rookie draft for an established long standing. So right, if I was if I was like a team that, you know, felt really good about my quarterback situation, I had good young quarterbacks and I'm in a win now mode, I would take Gibbs over Stroud too. I have no issue with that, right? Um but uh but I do think that if we were doing just a pure startup, I would probably take Stroud over Gibbs. I prefer in Dynasty quarterbacks and wide receivers over running backs just sure. because obviously the longevity of their career. But now I'm picking for the first pick for Team 5, and I will take C.J. Stroud. Again, we think probably the most, you know, it depends on where you sit on Bryce Young. He's obviously off the table here. But either before or after Bryce Young, the most pro-ready quarterback coming out this year. Um, Houston, Houston has a better offensive line than you think. They're trying to get him some weapons. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a tough, tough sledding there uh, with his pass catchers. We have high hopes for Tank Dell. Maybe Nico Collins can emerge. They do have Dalton Schultz there. They should have a good run game with Pierce and company. But I, I'm betting on, I'm betting on the front office and a new regime in Houston to build around C.J. Stroud. So, given the fact that uh, you know everyone else that's off the table, Richardson and, and Young especially, give me C.J. Stroud. 
So the top three quarterbacks are gone, not surprising there. And the top two running backs are gone as well. Guys, this is where I just go talent. I went with Jackson yeah. Smith and Jigba. He was my number one wide receiver. Uh, it was a no-brainer for me at number six. I did my first dynasty draft of the year last night. I got him at number seven. I was very surprised by that. So he's, in my opinion, being slept on at this point because people are looking at DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in the now. And dynasty, that is the worst outlook to have with him when you think JSN is probably their number two wide receiver within two to three years instead and a valuable slot piece now. Barry, I know you are very high on JSN in your rookie rankings this year as well. Talented kid. Talented kid who's got a quarterback here, and to your point, I mean, look, they threw to the slot a lot last year. I mean, usually that was Tyler Lockett. So, but, um, I mean, I think JSN, right, again, just, again, we talk about longevity. Give me, like, I think you got a steal here. I think Team 6 got a steal here. Again, it's Superflex, so you want the, uh, you want the, uh, the quarterbacks here, but... Uh, in a startup, I probably would have I would have taken JSN over Gibbs. You know, just again the longevity of wide receiver versus versus a running back here. So, uh, you know, he's got a quarterback and some older wide receivers around him. I, there's not a two years from now if we're talking about the fact JSN is the leading receiver on the Seahawks, it wouldn't shock me. Yep, pick seven, Wade up. Uh, Jordan Addison versus Quinton Johnston ultimately went with Addison. I just prefer the context a little bit more. I think that he'll be more productive from the get-go. I think that the Vikings offense should be better than it was last year. I don't think it quite produced at the talent level that it had. You love being opposite Justin Jefferson. just means that you're never going to get double-covered um, in, in Minnesota. Also, I think their offensive line is stronger than people might give them credit for. When Christian Darrisaw was out there, they did have a good offensive line for the first time in a long time for Kirk Cousins. So uh, just like Addison's context, like the talent, and uh, I picked him at seven. Yeah, you know what, which is nice, you know, because you nailed the first pick, you screwed up the second one, but you came back strong, <laughs> and Addison, I think, was the correct pick there. Okay. So well Thank done. You, I agree with you. I, again, over 100 targets vacated by Adam Thielen. He should have a role immediately. It's an offensive-minded coach. It's an offensive-minded system. He's also got a good quarterback there. We'll see if K.J. Osborne takes the next step here. But to me, Addison should be the, the number one wide – after JSN, should be the number one wide receiver in both redraft and dynasty. So I think you nailed that correctly. So with those two guys gone, I'm, I agree with you. Your pick should have been between Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson. You took Addison. So that leaves me with Johnston. Look, last year, both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missed 11 games. Combined, they missed 11 games. Both guys, Keenan Allen's on the wrong side of 30. Mike Williams has suffered you know, injuries throughout his career. And Quentin Johnson, who's just a big, tall, vertical threat. As again, you talk about, um, talk about you know, pairing with a quarterback. Does he have someone like, you know, landing in a spot with what we expect to be a good offense? Uh, I'm a Kellen Moore fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm, I like Kellen Moore. And so getting Johnson in there, I don't know how much production he's going to have this year as long as uh, Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams are healthy. But I do think it's a great landing spot for him. Justin Herbert's like, you know, he's a superstar and he's young. And so they're going to grow together. This is great. Yep. Pick number nine, I took our first tight end off the board and went with Dalton Kincaid. It's just the fact how we opened the show, a special pass catcher in terms of I didn't think of the you were paying end. attention at the top of the show. I was hoping you would sneak back around to me. But <laughs> no, thanks. You were, you were actually paying attention. No, right? abs- absolutely. So Jay's so, the only one that doesn't listen? Uh, that's that's actually correct. Uh, yes. Okay, good. I, I'm always locked in. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton Kincaid at number nine because you are probably getting potential receiver usage and production at a position that – it's hard to find 
right now, Barry. That's how I looked at this. Kincaid's got great hands. He's a good red zone threat. He's a good, really short and intermediate threat as well. So if the Bills, he could really be the Bills' number two pass catcher, and we're not that far away from that. Maybe not as a rookie, but we're not far away from that. So I tried to get some distinction at the tight end position by taking him this early. And by the way, this league is not tight end premium, but if it was, a lot of dynasty leagues are tight end premium where you get a point and a half per reception for tight ends versus just one for other pass catchers. But if it was tight end premium, you could make an argument for him couple spots higher like I probably still would take JSN over him but you could make an argument for him ahead of Addison and Johnston yep agreed uh 10 weighed up between Devin A-Chain and Zach Charbonnet went with A-Chain in the end more of a home run swing for a home run player just kind of believe in the Dolphins infrastructure a little bit more than Seattle and the main thing is that just believe in not having Ken Walker there uh and I think that A-Chain has more of a path to, uh, to kind of premium usage in front of Mostert and Wilson, who I don't think are going to be there in two, three years, you would expect. So A-Chain was the pick there for me. We know Mike McDaniel loves him. Yeah, I, look, I mean, I was actually hoping A-Chain would fall to me. I, I was hoping you were going to take Charbonnet. No, so never. I would get A-Chain. But look, I've already said it throughout the show. I love me some Devin A-Chain. Like, absolutely love him. Uh, and uh, I'm annoyed because I think the hype on him is going to keep uh, – putting him up draft boards. But certainly, he lands in a great situation with a coach who desperately wanted him. And there's, to your point, there's a clearer path to playing time given the injury history of Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. So it's now to me at pick 11. So first pick for Team 11. And I will go Zach Charbonnet. We talked about this. Like, on draft night, you immediately think, like, I can't believe he's going there with Ken Walker. And then you're like, well, you look a little bit closer. And a lot of Ken Walker's production came on big runs. Like, if, if you take out those big runs, it doesn't look as rosy he had the lowest success rate among running backs with over 100-plus carries last season, right? I mean, again, like, it's just like he either ran for 65 yards or, like, negative two. And, and, and so uh, Walker, who for whatever reason they didn't seem to really trust in the, in the third down passing down role. Like, he played on less than 30% of third downs. And, you know, even though Travis Homer is now in uh, Chicago, they still have DJ Dallas. Charbonnet's a better pass catcher than Ken Walker, I think. And so... There's a chance Pete Carroll's already come out and said, like, it's going to be a battle to be who the guy is. So uh, this is more of a bet on talent, love Charbonnet's talent, than it is landing spot. Again, the example I gave, Brees Hall, everyone was like, ah, Jets, bad offensive line, bad offense, Michael Carter's there, this is the worst landing spot ever. And then, you know, he probably would have been a top five fantasy running back had he stayed healthy the full year. Yep. And the reality is you're one more Kenneth Walker injury away from having one of the best pieces in the fantasy landscape, a running back, Correct. Charbonnet. Yep. That yep. Seattle offensive line is going to be really, really good. I'll close out round one for us here and go back to tight end with Michael Mayer. I just valued him too highly in this draft. Great red zone threat. He's caught 16 touchdowns over the last two seasons. He was a possession monster. It, once again, this would really dictate where your roster is at if this wasn't a startup league. If you needed a tight end, though, I think Mayer is a future top six tight end in the league, fantasy-wise, because of his possession and red zone ability. So I valued him in round one here to close things out. Yep. We will recap first-round picks right here. Obviously, Jay started us off with B. John Robinson. Barry took Anthony Richardson, number two overall. Very popular theme with his rushing ability and ceiling. I went with Bryce Young. Jay went back to the running back well with Jameer Gibbs uh, for team number four. Barry took Stroud, number five, and then I got Jackson Smith and Jigba, our first wide receiver off the board at number six. The second half of round one, team number seven, Jay had them going Jordan Addison. Barry went Quentin Johnston as our run on wide receivers continued. Our first tight end off the board was Dalton Kincaid with his receiving ability. 
And then the next tier of running backs began with Devon A. Chain sneaking into the top 10. Zach Charbonnet even sharing that backfield with Kenneth Walker for now, still going in the first round, and Michael Mayer at 12. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. We will do the second round in just one moment, but before we do, a reminder to be sure to tune in tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern to catch the full 2023 season schedule release. You can find it on NFL Network, NFL Plus, And, of course, right here on Peacock. All right, guys, round two. And I get to kick things off in round two. And this this is the one where I had the least amount of confidence in, Mm -hmm. but the value in Superflex and knowing he's going to get a chance to be the starter at some point and he does have some red zone running ability, I took Will Levis off the board here. I'm taking Will Levis off the board here. You don't like Will Levis that much, though, do you? It's tricky, right? He's a project. He's a project. I don't even believe in the upside a lot of people believe in, but the fact of having a future starting quarterback yeah. that can run in the red zone, that's, that's kind of what pushed me over here a little bit. Not last year, but in 2021, he was a very good runner in terms of his rush production at college. It's hard to let Will Levis fall further than this. I mean, the NFL did. <laughs> I mean, you know, like round two. Another, round two here, round two in the NFL. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's only 12 picks. He's in a room his, somewhere. Yeah. Now he'll love us, waiting for his name to be called. Exactly. He's in the he'll green room here. He'll come out here, <laughs> like, you know, with a new girlfriend. Not again. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, a new yeah, girlfriend. The first, one, the first yeah. one left. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she was a round one girlfriend. First round is only. Um, uh, yeah, Will Levis is in the friend zone now. Uh, sorry, honey, you went to the second round. Um, yeah, look, don't hate the pick, you know. Don't <laughs> cough that gun. Yeah. Again, like it's just like my feeling is is like what's his ceiling? Like let so again, it, it's just sort of super flex so you're desperate for quarterbacks and he qualifies a quarterback. Like that's a positive thing you can say. But like what's the what's the fantasy ceiling? Like the best case scenario for Will Levis is what? He becomes Ryan Tannehill? He becomes like a mid tier QB two? Like I'm no I'm serious. Like, what's the, super flex what's a lot. The, yeah, yeah you know, I think I mean, so. Yeah. But, but that's my point. You know what I mean? Like He's the best case scenario for him, fantasy wise, I think, is he's usable. Yeah. He's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's he's Matt Ryan, you know, with, without Kyle Shanahan. He's like he's kind of like a he's 
he's in that range, right? He's like that kind of yeah. He's like yeah. fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's he's yeah. he's two sixty two touchdowns and a pick. You yeah. know, every week, like it's, it's like okay. Yeah, we love Sign that me as your second QB. Yes, yeah. what? We I think that's fine, right? I'd be really QB. I'd be it's really happy about that it's if I drafted him in the second round in Dynasty because yeah. now we're getting to. This is the dart. Th- this is like, the dart throw part of the draft. I, guess, for me. I, I don't know. I, the thing is, like after this, you're looking at guys who you're probably hoping become like wide receiver twos and that kind of range. It's not so, a deep draft. It's yeah. not a deep draft in terms no. of potential fantasy superstars. Yeah. So I get it. It's fine. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying, like, all right, noted. He qualifies a quarterback. That's what you can say. Nicely Matthew about. Barry, the milkman, hates Will Levis. Yeah. Noted. That's right. Gives him draft night disaster part two. Yeah. Whose pick is you? It? Oh, it's my pick? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, let me. I'll, look, you know what? I'm going to take somebody good. The Will Evans pick really three for a loop? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going I'm I'm to veer off your, your train here, and I'm going to actually pick somebody good. Um, you can't have Mahomes. How about, how about Zay Flowers? Okay. This guy, sure. you know. Sure, uh, a 5'8 receiver that runs in the 4'4s four <laughs> yeah. in a run heavy offense <laughs> with Lamar Jackson. Wide receiver four behind Devin I just had to get you back from Will Levis. <laughs> it's, total, yeah. it's totally yeah. fine, but I think there's a strong <laughs> argument to be made that uh, Zay Flowers is quickly the number one wide receiver for Baltimore. The passing offense is still going to go through uh, Mark Andrews. My expectation here is that the Ravens are not as run heavy as they have been in years past under Todd they Munkin. Can't be. Yeah. Right? You don't sign a quarter of a billion dollar contract or whatever it is, you know. Lamar got to have him hand off all the time and maybe he'll take it and run some but like I don't know I, I just sort of feel like look it was two years ago that we saw Odell Beckham Jr. we don't know what we're going to get on that Rashad Bateman has missed 16 games the last two years so this is a bet on talent this is a bet and by the way even still I mean Odell Beckham Jr. I think is 31 32 yeah, like 31, yep. so uh, this is more of a bet on talent and again Pairing a young wide receiver with a young, young I don't want to say emerging because Lamar Jackson's already emerged, but, like, again, not pairing him. You prefer a guy that's going to be in what we expect to be a very good offense with a good quarterback. And so he's got a very good young quarterback that he can grow with. Yep. Rashad Bateman might be the weirdest player in fantasy this coming season. Rashad Bateman was a first-rounder two yeah. years ago, and it's just been completely unsighted. I just no idea. Is he going to be the number one wide receiver on a top three offense in football? Or is he just not going to be sighted at all? Is he going to be wide receiver four on the depth chart? It's all over the place. And remember, the Ravens felt good enough about Rashad Bateman a year ago that they traded Marquise Brown. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they had Hollywood and who had been productive in the NFL. And then Bateman gets hurt. But again, given the injury history of Bateman, I feel like they're getting Bateman back. They have Andrews. The fact that they went on and signed uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and drafted Zay Flowers, that tells me yeah. they this is going to be a much more pass-heavy offense, that they that they want guys out there, that they're not like, hey, we're not going to run and just have Devin DuVernay block, you yes. know, uh, for Gus Edwards. Like, they, they want to throw the ball. This is, But, again, this is more of a bet on talent. I like Zay Flowers. I know you were just dogging him, you know, <laughs> yeah, and you hate Zay Flowers. Yeah, apparently, with, yeah. with, a, with a fiery passion, you know. Sorry, Zay Flowers doesn't, like, you know – put his banana and mayonnaise or whatever the hell it is you know something weird whatever mayo and coffee mayo coffee yeah whatever Piece whatever it is Will Levis did that made you draft him banana and mayonnaise All right. yeah Jay close uh, out here for yeah, the first set of rounds no one went to Will Levis's birthday party that's why he dropped <laughs> tough scene does, tough draft kinda, day hits again does yeah. kind of have that vibe uh, 15 I'm taking Jonathan Mingo 
Mingo star. Uh, you know what I like about Jonathan Mingo? You called Mingo? him Barkevious yesterday. <laughs> I called him Barkevious. At some point. Yeah. Well, I called him Barkevious. That was intentional. But then it auto-corrected yes. to Barkevious Mango. Mango. Which was not intentional. No. I didn't mean Mango. I did mean Barkevious. I will say this. That, that'd be a good name for an indie band. Yeah. Barkevious Mango. Barkevious Mango. Yeah. What are you doing tonight? I'm going to go see Barkevious Mango. Mango. Yeah. Have you heard their last album? It's awesome. Yeah. It does well, sound like that. I'm yeah, taking yeah. Barkevious Mango show. Yeah. I'm taking Mango's cousin, Jonathan Mingo, here. You know what I like about him? 18% of his targets in college, Connor, were on screen passes, yes. which is golden for PPR. I think he can quickly grow into the number one option for Bryce Young in the Frank Reich offense in Carolina. Adam Thielen's not going to be there in three, four years, you would expect. So be there in two. Yeah. 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 He might not, yeah, he might not be there this year. Maybe he might not be sure. there in November. Yeah. 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 DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall Jr., like these guys. They all get hurt. Yeah, and they're fine, but they're not guys who are going to block Jonathan Mingo, uh, who I think will be the number one option for Bryce And by the way, and listen, I mean, I think this is a great sort of dynasty point, right? I mean, like, again, both those guys are sort of right there. Mingo is a better pick in terms of landing spot at the moment. Like, there's a clear path to fantasy relevance this year for Mingo than necessarily there's for Zay Flowers. But uh, I don't have your draft ranking, but I I bet you had Zay Flowers ranked higher than Jonathan Mingo in your your pre-draft ranking. So, I mean, again, like... I went with a talent. You went with opportunity. Well, I couldn't take your guy because he took him before me. Yeah, this so. is also true. <laughs> this is also <laughs> true. That, that, that is, in fact, how the draft works. I was supposed to say flowers again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you should have. You should have figured out a way. <laughs> All right. Tra- no trades in this one. All right. Who's uh, your pick on it? I almost took this player at 13, so I'm really happy to get him at 16 right now. And this is opportunity for me. This is Kendra Miller on the Saints. The Alvin Kamara era in New Orleans is almost right, over. right. We understand they have Jamal Williams there, but, I mean, Kendra Miller, you look at what he was able to do at TCU as a workhorse runner, and this is what Saints assistant GM Jeff Ireland said about Kendra Miller. He said he has huge upside. It all goes back to height, weight, and speed. Loved his running style. He's a downhill runner, runs with great pad level. Uh, Kendra Miller, great contact balance. There is a road where two years from now he's their true workhorse running back, and it feels like where they took him in the draft uh, indicates that he ultimately will be that. Yeah, no issue there. I mean, again, I, I, with the... Thanks. I don't. I don't have an issue with it. What's Fine. wrong with you? What? Unbelievable. Are you going to have a go at Conifer not taking Bijan at 16? Should have found a way up. Should have figured a way to straight up. 16 to 1 in Dynasty. like three Tyreek No, I agree with what Connor's saying here. I think there's opportunity for Kendrick Miller, not just this year, but for the future. Because not only Alvin Kamara, but like Jamal Williams isn't the long-term answer at running back no. for the New Orleans Saints. And so, um, you know, Carr is going to be their quarterback for a while. They've got Olave. So drafting a guy that's you know, has a path to being their starting running back as early as next year, I think, uh, I think makes, a, makes a ton of sense. Yep. All right, Barry, you're back on the board here. Okay. Well, speaking of guys that I thought about taking at the next pick, so I appreciate both of you guys passing on this and making a massive mistake, each of you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to take Marvin Mims. I'm going to take Marvin Mims, who can absolutely fly – Look, for everything that Russell Wilson did wrong last year, one thing he actually did do okay is, is throwing the ball deep. He actually, believe it or not, he was third in deep ball rate last year. And now he gets Marvin Mims. We've, we've talked about sort of talent opportunity. Love the talent of Marvin Mims. He can absolutely fly. I think he's a fit for what Russell Wilson actually does well. And also, you think about opportunity. There have been a lot of rumors around both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy potentially could be moved. Whether they get ultimately moved between now and opening day or not, the fact is is that it doesn't feel like they're long for Denver, both those guys. Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, both suffered a lot of serious injuries uh, throughout their career. And Marvin Mims, the other thing is, is like 
He's Sean Payton's guy. Like, Sean Payton's coming in. He has full control of that entire team. And this is the first guy that, that Sean Payton said, that's who I want. Yep. So it's, it's a bet on opportunity. It's a bet on talent and atmosphere. And I can't believe you guys screwed up and let him drop this far. Yep. No, tying yourself to the 35-year-old Russell Wilson is a great pick by Matthew, I think. Uh, no <laughs> doubt about Hurry it. Hurry on a depth chart with Tim Patrick, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and when KJ Hamler yeah. returns. No, it's a great yeah. pick by Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, Russell exactly. Wilson, 35 They're all, in November. all the bastions of health. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 35 yeah. in November and already bad. No, I like it. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Denver will be fine in that division. It's, it's fine. You, you, you can spin it. I'm, tie, I'm tying to, to whatever, 35-year-old Russell Wilson. I don't think he's 35, though. Is he, is he, I think he's 35. He's sneaky. He's sneaky he's, up there. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's north 35 in uh, in November. Okay, so he's 34. Yeah, birthday so party right that now. nobody will. I get was to. right. So um, <laughs> yes. I prefer to think of myself as tying Mims to offensive genius uh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Who you know? But, I mean, I don't know. Michael Thomas was pretty good there for a while. <laughs> Only the number one wide receiver in yeah, fantasy yeah, for a handful of times. Like yeah, uh, Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton's Jimmy never Graham was really good as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and by the way, maybe Drew Brees comes out of retirement. You yeah, know. Well, he'd probably be better than Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, point. Jay, you're on the All clock. Right. Okay. Number 18. Roshan Johnson is right. my pick here. Finally a pick Shocked. screw up. Yeah, that's Shocked a great pick. that he's fallen to 18. Uh, what I like, and we spoke about him earlier, but I like that he's a good in pass pro, good pass catcher, just a well-rounded running back, and also clear path to being the guy in Chicago. I don't know why he fell as late as he did in the draft, but he's my pick here. 19 for me is uh, I've been waiting for this uh, for this scenario. I did I thought he'd fall a little bit, but this far for Cedric Tillman, wide receiver four for me in the draft, big-bodied wide receiver target in a offense that we've talked about. Cleveland should be throwing the ball more this year. I think they let Donovan Peoples-Jones walk after this season, so you'll look at a future wide receiver core of Amari Cooper, Cedric Tillman with Elijah Moore in the slot. If I can get Tillman this late in round two, sign me up because he's got great red zone upside and he could be a possession target as well in our PPR format. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that on draft day and just in terms of the opportunity, and we expect the Browns offense to be really, uh, you know, uh, really pass-heavy uh, and fantasy-friendly, as it will. I'm going to keep with the running back, uh, the wide receiver run, I should say, excuse me, the wide receiver run. Jaden Reed, look, you know, anytime you can get a wide receiver for your starting quarterback, you know the Packers always love to do that, yeah. um, in the Jordan Love era, at least. Al Lazard, Randall Cobb, now members of your New York Jets and your New York Jets, mm. that's a 33% target share. Yeah, like and so both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs had injury concerns last year. Jaden Reed suddenly becomes you know kind of interesting here in Green Bay, and you know could he potentially be Jordan Love's guy? Yep. Who knows? Maybe, possibly not. Who knows? Kind of interesting. The the Jaden Reed story. I we're, like we're, it. we're pick twenty. What do you want? From <laughs> me? Autobiography. What, what, yeah. do you, what do you want from uh, me? We're, pick, we're, 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 uh, yeah. we're pick twenty. Well, but the fact the fact of the matter is is like. They use a second-round pick on Reed, right? And so there's not a lot of competition. Again, Dobbs had nice moments last year, and we really like Watson, but it's kind of wide open there in Green Bay. A 33% target share is no longer there. So Jaden Reed should have an opportunity to contribute immediately. Yep. No, I don't mind it. Pick 21, uh, Jay. Josh Downs is my pick. Again, kind of part two to kind of interesting uh, where he should be. I mean, he should be the primary slot guy Absolutely. for the Colts. He can be a PPR weapon. Uh, I like the upside of Anthony Richardson long term, so tying to that. I understand that Richardson is not amazing. Throwing to the slot, more kind of the talent is in the deep ball. But I just think that there's a lot of opportunity in India. I like the talent of Downs, so he was my pick at 21. Again, not the most exciting pick on planet Earth, but he's the guy for me. It's not a great rookie class, honestly. No. Like, again, if you're in a dynasty league, um, it, it's, it's more of a depth-filled dynasty league draft of rookies than it is like a bunch of, you know, there's Bijan and then, you know, and we like Gibbs quite a bit. Yep. But there's, there's not a lot of, like, 
that guy's going to be a fantasy superstar. There'll always be some some guys that pop that are surprises. Maybe the tight surprises ends. Here. The tight ends that really pop. That's the, the case. Kincaid and Mayo, they're the, the two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of tight ends that uh, that we like there, but and we'll you know we'll see about opportunity here. But like this is a draft. Like if I'm in a dynasty draft and there's no one that I love, like this is a draft where I don't mind trading a pick this year for a pick next year, yeah. or for a player that you that you like. I'll just give you an example. I was in a um, in this dynasty draft that I'm in right now. I didn't love everyone that I had. I was like, this is like late in the third round uh, for my pick. And so I ended up trading my pick to a guy for Wandell Robinson. Sure. Like, which I just thought, look, they're all sort of at this point kind of question marks. Like, it was again, it was in the third round. All the obvious guys were gone. And I thought I'd rather bank on the upside of Wandell Robinson being healthy, you know, in year two of the system with Dayball. They still don't really have a slot guy. You know, Richie James moved on. And, and so Wandell Robinson versus you know, one of these kind of, you know, not JSN they're, they're throws right dart now. Throws, yeah. yeah, they're dart throws right now. All right, my final pick uh, here in our rookie mock draft in round two, pick 22, I'll take Ty J Spears, right? I, I don't sure. know how long Derrick Henry is going to be the guy in Tennessee. And Spears, neither Derek. Yeah, no. neither does Derrick Henry in the internet, Might too. be over already. Yeah, yeah. but Ty J Spears, he doesn't necessarily have that workhorse build, but he was used like one for two lane. And a good pa- at a minimum, you're getting a good pass catcher. Yeah, yeah. Really good off swing passes, really good off those dump passes, running in the open field. I think Spears, at minimum, is one inj- uh, Henry injury away from a pretty big role. So he's somebody that should be taken in the first two rounds when you're doing those running back dart throws. Yeah, Spears you know? is really interesting, especially because you think about the fact that like they used a – I want to say, did they use a second-round pick or a third-round pick on Haskins last year? Yeah. On Hassan Haskins? I think it was, third. was it a third? Just, but like, Malik Willis just burning picks from last year's draft. Well, but guys you've never heard of again. But, but the point is, is like there's a new regime in yeah. Tennessee. There's a new general manager, and he basically is just like, yeah, I don't like the, you know, they used a pretty high pick on Spears, and so you know, to again, they had some other guys there um, at the, behind Derrick Henry, and they don't seem to love who they have. Same thing. They had a backup. They, in theory, had a backup quarterback for Ryan Tannehill. And they didn't, you know. The um, Willis-Haskins era just didn't really ignite. Didn't, didn't ignite didn't in Tennessee no. uh, for the no. Titans. That's right. We're going to a new Haskins era. Uh, the Levis Spears era. not what yeah. people were hoping. No, I thought the ticket. Barry, your last pick of our mock draft here. Yeah, well, you know, you guys mentioned, you mentioned Kincaid. You mentioned Mayer. But how about Sam Laporta? I'm going to go tight end once again here for Team 20. I guess the, the, the second pick. Uh, second to last pick at pick 23. Before he was traded, TJ Hawkinson had an almost 20% target share for the Detroit Lions. And so, and then you think about sort of how they use the tight end position post TJ Hawkinson leaving the team. And like, you know, there was a Zil- one of the Zilstra brothers had a three touchdown game. Yeah. Like they, they, you know, um, uh, Who's the other guy? Is it Brock Wright. Brock Wright. Thank yeah, you very much. The, that was the, the touchdown guy against our Jets. Yeah, exactly. The league Brock Wright. That man ended our season. Thanks for bringing him up. But my point is, is like that Ben Johnson likes to use the tight end, and he he had a couple of, you know, just just guys, yep. and now they go out and get Sam Laporta, who I think should be, if not immediately, eventually will be kind of the T.J. Hawkinson of that offense. Yeah. And so again, he'd probably go higher in tight end premium leagues, but. We do think tight end is a pretty good position this year in this draft. Yeah, yep. Laporta more athletic than anyone they've had at the position, so a lot of excitement. Jay, you got the last pick of this one. Yep, haven't taken a quarterback yet, so we'll now. Hendon Hooker is the last pick of the draft. Back-to-back For me, Lions. I think he has – I mean, he was favored to be a first-round pick going into the draft. He ends up falling to 68 in the Lions. Not the best landing spot in the world. You can see Barry kind of gearing up for his little shots that he's going to take. Uh, but I like the rushing upside. I like the fantasy profile of his skill set. Also, I'm not convinced that Jared Goff is going to be the guy forever there. 
I know. I, I actually, I don't mind the, I don't mind the pick at all, okay. and I actually think it's a great landing spot. No, seriously, the Lions have one of the best offensive lines in football. Yep. Uh, and it's important. We'll see how long they keep him there, but. I think they have one of the most creative play callers in Ben Johnson as their offense coordinator. Again, he was a hot coaching candidate this past year. I think if the Lions have the success everyone's expecting, he'll once again be a coaching candidate, but uh, a hot coaching candidate. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's a pretty good landing spot. It's a good organization that's on the way up. Uh, they, obviously, with Amon Ray St. Brown, they'll get Jamison Williams back, Sam Laporta. All of a sudden, there's some weapons for Hooker if, when he becomes the starting quarterback of the Detroit Lions. And the best part here is that if you draft Hendon Hooker, you can name your team no, no. Dirty Pirate Hooker. <laughs> that can be a fantasy team name for you. Sure. If you have Hendon Hooker on your team. Yeah. Right. That has to be baked into the ADP. I mean, yeah. obviously. Yeah. There is some that's value a benefit. There. Yeah. You there can't do that. with. If you draft Sam Laporta, you can't call your team Dirty Pirate Hooker. No, that but if you've got strange. Hendon Hooker, it'd that be weird. Strange, yeah. But, right. Then, but, you know, you can with Hendon Hooker. Right. This, this is the hard-hitting analysis. Bingo, yeah. bango. Yeah. Hashtag analysis. What, what, uh, what grade of a mango. gag was that, Jay? <laughs> yeah. Four and a half? Yeah, no. Under. Not even under. under the four and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. That's a wrap well, for a our rookie Dirty draft. Pirate Hooker. The yeah. name of every Matthew Every, every fantasy team. team that drafts Hendon Hooker this year should name themselves Dirty Pirate Hooker. Okay. And with that, that's a wrap for us. <laughs> yeah. Next week, you know we means? are doing your positional rankings. We're going to do my positional rankings, my, my, um, my top players at every position, post-draft, post-free agency, everything, sort of figure it out. It's obviously going to move as we continue to get through August, but it, get, go, go towards August. But we'll have all of that for you right here. Uh, my Dynasty rookie ranks and my top 100, they're all out now on NBCSportsEdge.com, RotoWorld.com. Of course, I'm a company man. Look, guys, it's closing time means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For my dirty pirate hooker <laughs> friends, Jay and Connor, I'm merely Matthew Berry. Peace out! Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Super Deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, Blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Three great words. Free. Fries. Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Bottom up, up, up. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 12 31 Excludes tax, must update rewards.